0: This afternoon, we're still talking about peace. I've skipped a portion in there about the Lord dealing with the verse uh, 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one's. That being in there, because there's a lot that's going to come up on the earth that would take a lot of the wind out of the sails of even the blessed people of God, children of God, because of the trial and the tribulation. As I tell you, it's like the time of Jacob's trouble and God's bringing calamity, calamity upon the earth In this prophecy that we're speaking of, that he's speaking, I told you, to two groups of people. But he says, speaking also to those that are far and near. We were examining uh, verses 19, and I want to add verse 20 to that, 21. He says, I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace, to him that is afar off and to him that is near, saith the Lord. And I will heal him. That healing takes place because there's going to be a lot of broken people. There's going to be a lot of tried people. It's going to be a lot of darkness. But it's going to all be coming to humble some of us because that's part of the darkness of the mire that he allows us to go to. And the calamitous events that he allows to happen to us. But those of us who trust in him and his promises and upon his word will come through and will we'll be polished like fine gold as we come through. Because it's for the trying of our faith. There'll be many blessings upon the heels of this. And I told you when he said, create the fruit of the lips and I gave you, I think, Hosea 14 and 2. But I also wanted to add on to that Hebrews. The 14th and 15th verse, and the 16th verse to that, because the peace, peace that he says, I create peace, and I uh I create the fruit of the lips peace, peace to him that is afar off, and to him that is a, that is near, said the Lord, and I will heal him. Those that he healed will have peace, they'll have great peace. And I told you he said peace twice there. In other words, a double abundance of peace. And that's a peace that's increasing just as faith is increasing. He create the fruit of the lips. And that is of our mouths going forth, singing praises unto him. In the book of uh, Hosea 14, Hosea the 14th chapter and the second verse. He says some, uh, a strange saying there, but it's an offering of the sacrifices. And he says, Hosea 14 and 2, he says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Like I said, our I sins and those of us that have been far away from the Lord, those of us who were far away due to the covenantal uh, chaff that Christ came as the prince of peace and united all into one, even the other flock that he brought with us. So to the Jew, to the Gentiles, to the Jews that need repenting, to God's people that are in an unrepentant state, he says, take with you words and turn to the Lord, saying to him, take away all iniquity and receive us Graciously so will we render the calves of our lips. The tithes of our lips. In other words, that's kind of metaphorical for the sacrifices of our lips. Because when you sin against God, you would offer a bull or a bullet, something that was mighty important to you. But we know sacrifices God would, didn't want or whatever he desired a body. He wanted us. And so, The praise is coming from our lips, and it says, the sacrifice of the tithes of our lips. And verse 15 says of Hebrews, by here we have no continuing city, but seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving him thanks to his name. So that's why we're thanking him with praises and thanksgiving. We always glorify God. Everything we do, it's about God. It's about Jesus Christ. That's the name above every name. So giving honor and praise unto God is, that's what he wants praise His people to praise him and lift up and praise and be praised by His people. So he says, Verse 20, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith the Lord my God to the wicked. There is no peace. So we see there that there is no peace for those that are unrighteous and that are wicked and continue on in their wickedness, even though they may be members of the church and false professors, and all of those things, but there's no peace really for them. In the book of Psalms, the 50th Psalm in the 14th verse, it says, Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto him. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. That's one group of people he's talking to: his people, the church, those of his uh, Israel or Judah, the, those that are far, the Gentiles. The promise was unto us also. So he says, "Call upon him, and he'll heal thee." That's why in prayer he's he's made a way that we can boldly come to the throne of grace. And Jesus says, "Whatever we need, ask the Father in His name, and that He will do." He says, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. Thou shalt glorify me. And every time God blesses me, even when he's not blessing me, when I get rejected and when things happen, I thank God or whatever, because I know all things is working together for my good. It's working together for my good. Verse 15 says, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee. But until the wicked, God said what hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? Seeing thou hatest instructions and cast my word behind thee, when thou sawest a thief, thou, th- then thou consented with him and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou givest thine mouth to evil and thy tongue to frame it deceit. Thou speak, sit it and speak it against thine brother, Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence, though thou thinkest that I was altogether such as one as thyself, But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. He's rebuking those that second group of people that's in the church, which has no right to call upon his name because he says, Thou, if you name it the name of Christ, depart from iniquity these false prophets and false teachers are still going about to establish their, their own selves and their own righteousness is calling upon the name of the Lord, which they shouldn't have. But like I said, it is inclusive of those that, are, that were outside the covenant. You remember, he broke down the handwriting of ordinance against us. They were nailed to the cross. He took it all upon himself. He reconciled us to God He is our peace, but he's the God of peace. Let's go back. I think about Elder Wade when I get into here. Let's go back to Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38, and it says, what did Peter say? He says, I mean, Acts 2.38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hear it in again. Repentance. Notice, it's always repentance. And Isaiah and Hosea, it's repentance. Turn away from your wicked ways. Turn away from what that is that you're doing wrong. Your evilness, and He'll heal us. Yes. He'll give us of His Spirit. He'll give us of His promise. It says thirty nine. He says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord thou. Thy God shall call. So the promises is to those that were within the covenant, his covenant people, but it was also to those that are far away who didn't know about the covenant. He was a light unto the Gentiles, he brought a light unto them. So that's they're able to capitalize on that promise. And as, as like Cornelius, that offered up much alms unto God, he offered up prayers unto God. And that's what. The fruit of the lips in the Bible. It's the sacrifice of praise to God is described as the fruit of the lip that acknowledges his name. We know every knee shall bow it, every knee shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. But do we realize that some of them that confess that and say that their hearts still fall from them? They're using the name of Jesus. This is another Jesus. It's not. Because they have been washed and they're cleansed. Yes, Lord. The author had in mind Hosea 14 and 2, which encourages Israel to return to God, asking him to forgive their iniquity, and they will pay with the bulls the vows of their lips. O Israel, O Israel, return unto me. Uh, let me read that in Amplified. It says, Return in repentance to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled and fallen that is, and you've been visited by tragedy. Now, just as Israel today, as there, things have befallen them and Hamas has came upon them. But see what they're doing? They're retaliating in an ungodly manner. Yes. And God, that shows whether you are of God or not, your retaliations, you you have to learn that vengeance is God and that Whatever had come up on you is what God had bidden to come up on you. You must react in a godly way. Yes, yes. In other words, a turning of the other cheek. He, uh, here uh, he says, because of your sin, take the words confessing your guilt. Because a lot of times the reason people doing what they do to you is because what you've done unto them are, are some perceived evil. Mm-hmm. So as a lot of people were saying... Israel right now are making enemies years to come for the murderous rampage that they are taking now on the Palestinians because not all Palestinians agree with Hamas. It's just like in this nation, we we don't agree with everything that's going on in this nation. We don't agree with everything that's going on in the state. Like a lot of times we're not agreeing with everything that's going on in our city. Some in the book of Revelations we see wasn't in agreement with everything that was going on in the church. There'll be disagreements within the home because Jesus himself said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. But to, to those of us that are children of God, it does lead to peace because... We have to fight. We have to pursue peace. Peace is not easy to attain sometimes. God brings it, but you have to have that anointing. God has to anoint you. The anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing is what breaks the yoke. He says, take away all wickedness and accept what is good and receive us graciously so that we may present the fruit of our lips. That he'll show gratitude. And you know a lot of people are ungracious today. Yes. That's one of the characteristics of the wicked. is They are very ungrateful. No matter what you do for some people. They're never satisfied. Nope. They're never thankful. You'll, you'll never hear. And some of them are, 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 are pious. Thank you. And uh, deceit. That's why it says our lips. What we say sometimes. And we have to give account of the, even the idle words that we speak. Amen. Yes. Uh, the living says, "O oh, Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have been crushed by your sins. Bring your petition, come to the Lord, and say, O oh Lord, take away our sins. Be gracious to us and receive us, and we will offer you the sacrifice of praise. Mm-hmm. So we coming to God. God is the God of peace, and he says, Peace be unto you. He's going to heal us. He's going to heal our land. And, And it's the one with the contrite heart, with the broken heart, who have humbled themselves, who've seen what's going, what they are and who they are. And knowing is no other way but God himself, the God of peace. Romans 15 and 33 says, Now the God of peace be with you all. So we know that God is the God of peace. The living Bible says, And now may our God, who gives peace, be with you all. And we know we can call him our God now, because if we're born again, we're like Ruth as your God be my God and your people my people. And now we can say our father. Everybody can't pray that our father prayer because God is not everybody's father. Some people's father is the devil. And every tree that... That the father had not planted shall be hewn down at the root of the tree. That's why it says, "Fret not thyself because of the evil doers." Now, you remember, within this chapter, we're talking about a seed of adulterers and evil doers being blended, or mixed in with God's people, the wheat and tare growing together, and God doing the separating. God's word doing the separating. His angels and messengers. Second Corinthians 13 and 11 says, finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Uh, the Amplified says, finally, believers, rejoice, be made complete, be what you should be, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace That is, enjoy the spiritual well-being experienced by believers who walk walk closely to God. And to walk closely to God, sometimes you have to tell other people, hey, get off my lawn. You have to tell other people, well, the buck stop here. Can't somebody else do that? See, people will take advantage of you. That's why it says the father against the son and the daughter against this one. In other words, because sometimes... You gonna have to tell the granddaughters of the children of the grandchildren. No, I can't do it. Where's your husband at? Where's your wife at? I'm not supposed to be raising your grandchildren, my grandchildren for you. Don't you? If you got them in these programs and you got them in all these after school, let him do the running. You do the running. That's the cost. That's the sacrifice of being a parent. I'm a grandparent, so it's not necessary that I do all these things. I might do it sometime to help out a little in the hand, but nowadays they take advantage of you and they want you to do it all the time and you don't get no peace. They run you crazy. And a lot of the older people now, they're not sleeping, they're losing weight, they're anxiety, and all of the other things because they're letting somebody take their peace from them. You have to sue, you have to pursue peace, you have to fight for peace. Just like John says, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violence taking it by force. Sometimes you have to pursue peace. God had given you the way. He's given you elderly age. He's given you time. Some people, if you have children, that's the sacrifice of having children, that you have to get off of work. You have to do this. You have to do that. That's the sacrifice of being whatever job you're in or whatever you're doing. It's a cost to it. There's a cost to being a pastor. There's a cost to being a teacher. There's a cost to working. There's a Cost of doing everything, but we have to live as peaceably with all men as possible, but we have to stop people from causing us to compromise God's blessing us because He's blessed us, but we don't realize the devil come to steal and kill and destroy. Sometimes that's the best thing for you. Someone told me no the other day about something that I needed that was very important to me and I'm not upset with him or destroyed, but it caused me to pray and look to God and call the God, and he opened up another door, a better door, one that would be more prosperous, and I wouldn't have to do that anymore. I had humbled myself and laid my pride out, but now God had opened up another door. So if I allow someone to take my peace, God doesn't do God is not doing that. We have to make a stand sometimes. God blesses us, but the devil will come and take your blessings from you. It says the birds of the air took it away. Yes. Sometimes the people allow the cares of this life. We get entangled in somebody else's worldly affairs, some other affairs or whatever, and say, Well, look. You can't do this or we can't do this because it's going to have me running in too many different directions. No, I can't do it. It reminds me of a sermon years ago about uh, the problem with pressure. And sometimes you just have to say no. You keep trying to please everybody and make everybody else happy. You can find yourself under a whole lot of pressure. Find yourself under a whole lot of pressure. It says, uh, the source of loving kindness will be with us. First Thessalonians 5 and 23 says, For when they shall say, Peace, peace, then sudden destruction and safety. You know, I don't know what happened here. I thought I'd move this to another section of this. Uh, another section here. Let me, I'll go on in with it, but this belongs on to the one's that there is no peace too. There's no peace to the wicked. It. And I had cut and paste a lot of times that people be bothering me, and I'm cut and paste, and sometimes I duplicate what I put in one spot, and I drag it to another spot, trying to put it in some kind of significant order. But since it's right here, First Thessalonians 5:23 says, "For when they shall say peace and safety." Then sudden destruction cometh up on them as travail upon a woman, and they shall not escape. That's what should not be there. That goes under the, under the ones that were the wicked it, shall have no peace. There will be a lot of preachers and t- teachers and people saying that we will have peace and safety. Just like the false pre- prophets did in Jeremiah's time. Like they did in Isaiah's time and that the temple was going to stand like they did in the time of Jesus. But there will always be false prophets and false interpreters of God's word promising peace. And it's going to be a facade that looks like peace. But that's when sudden destruction is going to come unto them because it, that's not part of God's plan. Just like the great revival people are talking about. Yeah. It's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. Now, may now, what belongs here is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Under your notes, if you're looking under the notes, that what I quoted is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3 and not 5.23. 5.23 should say, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, that is, separate you from profane and vulgar things, make you pure Whole and undamaged, consecrated to him, set apart for his purposes. Now that encompasses a whole lot because it's in that same chapter where they're saying, peace, peace, and shall not give peace. Because helping your grandchildren, helping your parents, helping somebody on the job, helping other people is a virtue, and that's what God tells us to help. But you see, it's... You have to learn when that's helping and when that's going to be a hindrance. Sometimes I have to tell my church, well, look, you know I go to Bible study on these nights. You know I go to church on these nights. Don't do anything to tie me up or make me late. Sometimes you have to tell people, if people don't understand and respect your God, you have to respect your own God. That's the thing about religion. A lot of people talking about the different religious groups. Well, those people are right. But even, see, Christians don't understand. Just like they standing up for their Christianity, the Pope stood up for what that is in Catholicism, and he fired a. a bishop the other day that wouldn't resign in Texas, a conservative bishop that wasn't going along with the church's ideology. Now, I'm not here to say whether the ideology was right or not, but sometimes you have to take that sacrifice for the stand you take, just like it, Esther. She says, if she go into the king and God didn't grant all this, it may be her life at stake. See, it's easy to say what people do it did in the Bible or whatever and we see the end result. But what about when it's you? What about you standing up to your wife? What about you standing up to your children? Standing up to your boss, standing up to your employees, brothers, sisters, friends, or whoever? What about you standing up to other people or somebody in your family you might stand up to, but some stranger or somebody else you might not stand up to? So we have to learn when to stand up because a lot that comes in a facade of being good is like I told you the other day that Saul said that he was going to give David Michael as a wife so she would be a stumbling block to him. She would cause him to stumble. And a lot of women then cause men to stumble. And a lot of men then cause women to stumble. Nowadays, the women taking care of the men, men not working or whatever and doing whatever they want. Well, look, don't make me part of what's going on now. If you will put this stumbling block, don't put it before me and have it intervening in me. You understand what I'm saying? There are good things to be doing and you need to pray that he leads you through the day and make your time, make your efforts toward him beneficial and it all work out to the glory of God. If the devil can't do nothing else, he'll waste your time. He'll take your peace until he have you under stress. You running red lights, you behind now, and you was way ahead to start today, but somebody got you way behind. The very person the other day was telling me about cut some of these things out that I'm about to do. You was the hindrance at the first part of this day. You know, sometimes it's like you Jesus had to tell Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes. Because I'm going on a lot of stress. If we follow God's laws and his ways, sometimes we're not able to do these things. But that's why the Bible tells us in Romans. I'll get to that in a moment. But he has sanctified us and set, uh, set us apart for his purposes. So if we're doing for the purpose of God and we are being led by the spirit, stand there and God's going to bless you. And, that, and that's what Israel was doing. They were departing away from it. Just like I say, if God's leading Netanyahu now to do what he's doing or whatever, well, I, I'm, I'm wrong in what I'm saying. And as the leader or whatever, he should follow God in obeying man. But if he's wrong, he has to pay the consequences. Yes. So that's why when the preacher up there preaching, he can preach all he wants, but you have to be fully persuaded in your own mind whether you can follow that line of thought or that line of belief or not. Yes. That's why when it says husbands and wives submit yourselves to one another, your husband, don't let your husband make you get away from God. Don't let nobody make you or drag you into sin. <coughs> that's why Peter acts Sapphira after Ananias was dead. He says, did you sell a property for a such and such a price? That got her off the hook. She could have said, well, no, my husband told me to tell you that, but that ain't what it happened. You be on the level. You be honest with God. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. The living says, may the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God. Not devoted to man, but devoted to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept strong and blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back. But God can't do fabulous, fantastic, strong things in our life because we're so scared and fearful of people or what may happen. What may become of this? If it happened, it happened. But you're not. You're not. You too. God would let you too. Henpeck you too. Feministic to allow that to stand because there are some women that are just too strong. There are some men that are just too weak. There are some children that are just too abusive, uh, are disobedient. But there are some parents too abusive and provoke their children to anger. So we have to see how God's leading these things. It's by his spirit. The book of Hebrews 13, 20 says, now the God of peace, here he is again, the God of peace. And he says, peace, peace unto us. He's healing us. So we are led and trusting in Jesus. That's why we have to learn his word, learn of him. Because Jesus is not like a lot of people preach or teach. You have to know him for yourself. Those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. And sometime you being led by the Spirit of God, you could be standing all out there by yourself. You could be walking by faith. It might not look like what everybody else won't, but it's pleasing unto God. And that's what you want to do. Well yes. pleasing unto God. It says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Whose sight? In his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It's all about Jesus. It's his sacrifice. God raised him up because he was a just man. And as he suffered, we're going to have to suffer. The Amplified says, Now may the God of peace, that is the source of serenity and spiritual well-being. Doesn't that sound? Like peace, those are some of the ones I told you were synonyms for peace. Yes. Now, may the God, the source of serenity, the source that could remove all panic and anxiety away from you. It's just like I, I was watching Collateral, a movie with Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise in it. And Jamie Foxx says he had a picture of an island over his Sun visor, and he would just look at that picture sometime and go there in his mind. And he would just right there in the middle of the traffic or wherever he was, he would go there in his mind. Mm-hmm. And it was peace and serenity. A lot of people have waterfalls. They're able to, when you're sleeping at night, they have calming effects of waterfalls and different sounds that are calming. But what God wants us to do is to think on Jesus Christ, whatever is pure whatever is lovely, whatever is a good report, meditate on him and his word day and night. That should have a calming effect on you. Thinking of the Psalms, thinking of the promises of God. That enhances our spiritual well-being. Any meditation that you go into, transcendental meditation and all of these other things that come along all of it's focused on something else, but we have to focus upon Jesus Christ for our spiritual well being, our peace. It says, Who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant. Now remember, that was a covenant of peace. He makes a covenant of peace with it. He's a covenantal God. In this circumcision, it's all in there. Everything is in Christ. Everything we need is in him. So he makes that covenant. Equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you. That is, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. Accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Because why? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's in charge of getting us rights. So those of us who are obedient unto him as he was obedient unto the Father, shall have eternal life. We shall have that peace, that great peace. But there's no peace for the wicked. There's none for the wicked. It may be a temporary cease of calamities or sometime, you know, to please your spouse or to please your children or to please somebody. You do something, but it's wrong. It's piling insult. That person Later on, you have to keep doing it. But if it's God, he gives you inner peace at the world and no one can take it away. Even though that person is hollering and yelling, all things are breaking loose around you, you have that inner peace and calm and you're saying to yourself, well, that's their problem. It really ain't my problem. You know, you're trying to help somebody with their problem, but I'm not going to let you make your problem my problem. You know, people will make you make their problems your problem. And you'd already come to you him and cast your cares and anxiety and worry upon him. Why would you go pick up somebody else's stuff, leave their stuff, tell them to cast it up on Jesus, and he'll do for them what he did for you? Chronicles, Second Chronicles, fifteen one through five. I may have left that out. You know, too, it's Second Chronicles. I just got Chronicles there, but it's Second Chronicles. Now the Spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, that is, inquiring for and of him as your soul's first necessity, first seek ye the kingdom of God. Yes. Seek God in all of these things. And that's what he tells us. to call. in other words, he set up the way to receive or to requisite things from him, and that's through prayer. That's where our requisitions come from. Make prayer and supplications unto him. Let our requests be known unto God. Even if it's your enemy that's doing you something, if it's your spouse, your children, whatever and whoever it is, go tell the Lord about it. He says, inquiring of him, he will let you find him. Seek the Lord, he'll let you find him. But if you abandon or turn away from him, he will abandon or turn away from you. Now, for a long time, Israel was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without God's laws. But when they were in their trouble and distress, they turned to the God of Israel and in de- desperation, earnestly sought him and he let them find him. In those times, there was no peace for him who went out or for him who came in. For great suffering came all on all of the inhabitants on the land. Of the land. Why? Because they wasn't following God. If you having problems, it's because you out of God's will somewhere. You out of God's word somewhere. Oh, uh, let's go to Job then. You may not be out of God's will or God's word, but it's a time of trial and temptation and time of Jacob's trouble. And God is able to bear you up through all of the trials and temptations and things you're going through. And whatever you're suffering, he's in that suffering with you. Mm. Yes, so uh, it's going to work out for the good. Yes. We still to keep our focus up on Jesus. Uh, let me read this in the living. It says, in their time of rebellion against God, there was no peace. Problems trouble the nation on every hand. Crime was on increase everywhere. There were external wars and internal fighting of city against city, for God was plaguing them with all sorts of trouble. Who was doing it? God was doing it. Just like within this nation, all of the crime in the city, some young man got killed not far from my home there on 22nd and Fuqua, and some people intervened and they seen him running away or whatever, But of all that's going on, it's because God is allowing this because we've gotten away from God. He says, but you men of Judah, keep up the good work and don't get discouraged for you will be rewarded. So as I'm telling y'all tonight, he's talking to two groups of people. God is not separating the world and making his people this and that. No. No. He's allowing you to stay in the world, but you're asking him to keep you from the evil in the world. So if we follow his word and his spirit and his promises, we'll have peace even during this calamitous and troubled times. We're having trust in him. We're not having going into anxiety attacks and depression and all of these other things because He's our rock. He's our yes. fortress that we run to. Isaiah 48, 22 says, There's no peace for the wicked. Well, if you wicked it, and you trying to, if you are one of God's people or whatever, and you trying to pacify some wickeded person or whatever, no wonder you're having so many problems. You're intervening in God's word. That person may be getting what they got coming. Sometimes you're getting under something that's going to cause you to get hit. God says come out from among them unless you receive of their plagues. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody done contracted COVID and you go in there trying to help them and they got COVID because they was ignoring the laws of the land, they was ignoring the physicians or something else, and now you trying to battle this for yourself. Hey, you stay away from me. I, you need a bass or so I need a mask till I get a shot or something. Yes. If you see a drowning man, if you can't swim, don't jump in to save him. If you're not saved, make sure you're saved. So he's telling his people it's going to work out, but for the wicked, there is no peace. One thing will lead to another. Isaiah, where we at now, next week, next two or three weeks, Isaiah 59 and 8 says, They do not know the way of peace, and there is no justice in their tracks. They have made them into crooked paths. Whoever walks on them does not know peace. The living says you don't know what true peace is nor what it means to be just and good. You continually do wrong and those who follow you won't experience any peace either. Makes me think of the people that go along with this politician that I know Everybody that's in father that got hooked up with him have that same stench upon them. Their life is forever different for the worse. It shows that they was a Christian, and by not knowing that he's not Christian, that he's a Judas goat, and you're following that line, you all will fall in the ditch. The blind leading the blind. Because you don't see the handwriting on the wall. So that peace, the reason you're you, you, you associating with the wrong one, you need to come out and cry unto God and get on the right path. Your association is the company you keep. You might be going against Psalms 1. It says, who sitteth not in the seat of the scorner, that your company is wrong that the association it says follow not an angry man some of the things that come up is because of your ignorance and your lack of knowledge of the word of god and following after him because this is a path you on. you remember me told us about the straight and narrow path yes peace is a way it says the way of peace <laughs> now we realize It's the way of peace. That's why it says, "They own crooked paths, and whoever walks in the path won't know peace." Because Christ is a light unto our path; He's a light unto a lamp unto our feet. Zechariah seven twenty five says, "When anguish comes, they of Judah shall seek peace, but they will there will not be any." In other words, those in the church a lot of times. When you get in the tight, when you get in a, a, that that bind, you're going to seek peace. And it's going to be like the five wise Say, look, you go find some from those that buy and sell because we give you ours. It won't be enough for us. See, because it's a lot of false prophets and a lot of people out there. And when this ship sails, yeah. God closes the door. Don't stand there trying to open the door for them. If God locked it, though, you can't open it anyhow. Uh, the living says for the time has come for the cutting off of Israel. You will sue for peace but you won't get it. You remember God said he wasn't going to smell in the assembly no more. He wasn't going to hear their prayer and their offerings. They can give all the offerings and things because he was fed up. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes God gets fed up. Yes. There's a a line of demarcation to where now nah, you've crossed over that. See, and he tells us who to, who to help and who not to help because he said, if a brother has not committed a sin unto death, you might can But if he's committed a sin unto death, I don't advise you to pray for that. Ezekiel 13 and 10 says, it is definitely because they have seduced my people saying, Peace when there is no peace and because when one builds a flimsy wall, behold, these lying prophets plastered over with whitewash. Uh, Living says, for these evil men deceive my people by saying, God will send peace when that is not my plan at all. My people build a flimsy wall, and these prophets praise them for it and cover it with whitewash. They're building with untempered martyrs. These are the false prophets. These are the teachers that scripturally are preaching and teaching the word of God, but it's twisted and there is no spirit in it. Unless the spirit, unless Christ builds the house, unless the spirit does this, you're laboring in vain. And Jude and Peter tells us about these false prophets, those that are, out for gain, those that are out for profits, and that's why I say we in a horrible time now that things going on and if your eyes hadn't been opened I really feel sorry for you but it's Lot's wife I can't turn and go back you have to catch up with me but I can't look back there you say he who laid his hand to the plow and look back is not worthy to follow me First Thessalonians 5 and 3 is what I was telling you about for when they say peace, peace, destruction will come. They, they wasn't going to have any safeness or whatever. Now, we have a social obligation to peace. Uh, Sister Jackson realized sometime when I be telling people and trying to make peace and people don't realize what it takes, and I say you, you have to have diplomacy sometimes. You have to pursue peace. And we have to be the ones, as Mark says, Mark 9 and 50 says, Salt is good, but if the salt hath lost its saltiness, where will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. The, you know, salt sometimes is kind of, have a, a, a you put too much salt in your food, you can't eat it. But without salt, it's bland. Yeah. That's a certain thing. You know, my wife said, you didn't put too much salt in there. I can't eat it. It's going to drop a blood pressure but it. don't taste right. But then again, she come in and you didn't put no salt in it. You need to put salt to the meat in the thing. You can't add the salt now that you cooked it. In. It don't taste the same just to sprinkle salt on it. So there's a, a happy medium there, but we can't lose the savour. In other words, for us that's with peace, grandpa has to have these things. And my grandson said, is it going to be cold tomorrow? papa, is it going to be cold? asked my daughter, said, well, do papa go to Pawpaw school or something or whatever? Because sometime I get it right, son, I'll let you know if it's going to be cold or the different things or whatever. But it's still living life and a whole lot of things that you learn and you have to socially bond, but sometimes Papa will have to be hard. Yeah. Sometimes papo could be flexible. Salt is good and useful, but if salt has lost its saltiness, in other words, what is our purpose? Our purpose is to make things right, but sometimes we have to step on the toes. Yeah. Sometimes people leave the church because the preacher's rebuke or what he was preaching on or saying. Sometimes I have to use a firm hand with my grandchildren or whatever. With my children, I've been firm-handed. But sometimes I have to be pliable. Mm. Sometimes you have to have a, a voice because a soft answer turned it away wrath. It sounded like I was in the room getting ready, trying to hurry up and throw this together. Not let me not say throw it together. It sounds bad when I say try to throw it together. But it seemed like I, my wife was asking my granddaughter... Well, when you was on the computer or whatever, they was trying to get on the computer. Did you holler at him or say something to him? You know, it's a touchscreen computer they have, but it's in the front. It's in the computer room in the house or whatever, which is right kind of next to my office where I be. And she said, well, did you holler at him? Did you see because even children scare one another or sometimes you have to talk to them in a voice. And, you know, I can say something to you in an inviting way. I could even tell you something that you don't want to hear, but if I tell you in a peaceable, it's the tone of voice and my manner and the of. So you have to try to keep things in a peaceable way and not as a brawler. You remember I tell you, angry people, are not a brawler. Yes. Yeah. But we have to keep uh, peace with one another. We try to keep the peace. You do the most you can to. To keep the peace. Uh, Living says good salt is worse if, if, if it loses its saltiness. It can't season anything, so don't lose your flavor. Live in peace with each other. But if you get to this bland or weak or not good for what you should be doing, some men are not good for leading the home and they're not good for anything to be trampled foot. That's what salt is. You throw it out and use it for ice, you know, if it's mm-hmm. ice or something like that. Mm-hmm. If a man don't work, he shouldn't eat that. And the Bible tells us this, right? Right. That's not something that I dreamed up. Mm-hmm. So if we're not doing what God had purposed us for, I can't, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't support you in that. But if I'm thinking, hey, man, Deacon, man, up four thirty, five 5 o'clock going to work, this, this, that, that. But then, who's the fool if you give your, all your money and your blessings away to people who don't work or people who's leeching off you or whatever? Yeah. We're to have who those who have. But first, you have to take care of self first. And I always tell you that don't let somebody get you in worse shape than here. And here, people live, it's got children running around here with iPhones and Michael Jordans and all of these things living good lives. And coming up to Christmas time, a lot of us go barefoot and everything else, trying to make our little gods, the little gods that we serve, give him something nice for Christmas or whatever. We go rob God, we go do without, we go sacrifice ourselves. We would, like I say, rob God to worship those other gods, those idols, instead of standing firm. You stand firm a year or two, then God's going to bless you. It's going to be better on the other side. But you ruin them kids because you've lost your saltiness. You ruin the job. You ruin the employees. You ruin whatever it is. You are no good to God. God had placed you there to be a light to be an example, but you compromising with the world that causes you to lose your peace. Yes. Yes. Romans twelve seventeen through 21. Recompense no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Uh, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him, if he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head, but be not overcome. but be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what I was telling you about Israel and with Russia and anywhere else in your home or whatever about warring and everything. You don't run the evil for evil. Someone does you something or whatever. You have to bring it to the Lord in prayer. You have to not seek vengeance for yourself. You have to live as peaceable as possible with all men. You might have to have a divorce. You might have to end up leaving that job. You might have to end up firing somebody. You might have to end up with a separation with your brothers and sisters. Whatever it is, God has designed it. We live in peace. Are you strong enough to believe and trust God? Or do you love man and compromise and tolerate in situation? you making the situation worse by allowing it. Some men allow the woman to go so forth, but if they were stern, it would make for better children, a better home, and a better marriage. Some women are so nagful and hateful and so overbearing or whatever and have the man so henpecked or whatever. But if they would come unto where God wants them at, it would make for a better home, a better marriage and better kids. But the reason everything is out of counter, nobody stands where according to God's word where they should be standing. And that's why none of the homes have peace. It's a false peace. It's a facade. But God, giveth his beloved peace, all you have to do is follow him and believe in him. Now, we hear these things, and a lot of us amen and say all these things, but you're not going to live that. You might say it in church. You might say it on the job. You might say it because of pride and other things, but that's not the life you live in. That's not what you are, and that's what God's saying. It's too many people within the church that are doing these things, and he's going to separate the wheat from the tares. The unrest uh, we have, we don't quarrel with anyone in arguments and things. God is not the author of confusion. And sometimes just because you leave an argument and say, okay, well, I'm not going to argue and just leave something alone, doesn't mean you're saying that that person is right. It just means that you don't want to argue with. This no, I am not want no confusion or something. If you think you're right or whatever, you can go with that if you want to. But I'm not saying you're right or whatever, but I'm not going to argue with you. Right. So that's the way sometimes the peace, he's not the author. If you think you're right, but I, like I tell people a lot of times, once you learn this, it's going to be better peace for you. God will work wherever well he has to work. If it's a good person, God works on their conscience and they think it over and try to see your side of it and understand what's going on. You have to fight for peace. I tell you, peace is a path and Hebrews 12 and 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness without no man shall see. That's what happened to David. He was a bloody man and he was always in battle and he didn't learn about peace. Continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. So I'm glad me and my neighbors and things at peace, but I wouldn't ride him in my car. You don't ever see me going anywhere with it, but I speak and talk to him and say a lot of things yeah. because he's my neighbor and we we'll live as peaceful as possible. I don't want to be at odds with him. I don't want to do well you don't want to be at odds with nobody. That's nope. so why I say if you hear me hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. Huh, you, you can have this or what God's bless me and as long as I'm doing what God say do, I'll get more. This is not going to be my breaking point. Unrest. That's why a lot of us have unrest. It's because of these things. Deuteronomy 28, 67 says, In the morning you will say, I wish it were evening. And in the evening you will say, I wish it were morning. Because of the dread in your heart with which you tremble. And because of the sight of your own eyes which you will see. Some people, they're not happy Within themselves, there's no rest and there's no peace. And they're always thinking of something. You own their minds more than they own their own minds. You own this because why? They don't have any peace. It's vanity and vexation of spirit. They're always thinking about how to do this or do that. And it's no calm. There's no serenity inside. Remember I tell you, God gives us internal peace yes. to where we yes. can think on the right things and we can develop. And a lot of people saying this, oh man, I ain't got you on my mind. I ain't forgot about that. When we finished all, I say, well, I wouldn't worried about it, I left that alone long ago. A lot of time, the reason we don't have peace, we tussling with something people didn't let go. And you letting it eat? That's what causes cancers and all kinds of deformities because Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't let anybody cause depression and upsetting and you thinking evil of them and something happened to them. He says, my thoughts are not like your thoughts. That's a bad way to live with those kind of thoughts and things up in your mind. I was watching a TV show called Grim or something, and this man would take people's thoughts or whatever, and he would come in and he could assume all of their thoughts and going on. And this other woman that was a woman, Grim, he got hold of her and all of the demons and things that she had started vexing his mind. And it sent him crazy. Because he had got into her psychosis of what she had lived through. Mm. You know, a lot of times people say, "If I could walk in his shoes," no, you don't want to be in his shoes. You don't know what's going on in his home. You know what's going on in his life. Yeah, right. yes, Ecclesiastes two twenty three says, "For all his days his work is painful and sorrowful. Even at night his mind does not rest. This too is vanity and vexation of spirit." How many times you go to bed worried about how you gonna pay this bill and how much work you left? At, at, at the job, at what you got to do, this and you always, you, you never rest. Even though you come home, you can't throw it out of gear. You can't unplug. It's all vanity and vexation of spirit. But it, the Bible says he give he gives his beloved rest. Yes, Lord. yes. It's almost that he, you change a consciousness, a state of mind, and you letting him. We're casting our cares and worry upon him. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to let God handle that. Give it all to God. Revelation 14 and 11 says, And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast and his image, whoever received the bark of the beast, uh, the living says, The smoke of their torture rises forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night. For they have worshipped the creature and his stature and have been tattooed with the code of his name. So, so many of us has been have been marked with this world and the things of this world. And as the things of this world get destroyed and destruction and they get the wrong gifts and all of these other things, it's a torment. It's no peace and it's going to be forever. It's going to be vanity and vexation of spirits. And they will never have peace because they don't know the Lord and they won't know the Lord because they're none of his. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this day, Lord God.